and welcome to the Sycamore Tree, where we read scripture in community to get a new perspective and see the world through our neighbor's eyes. I'm Pastor Katie, and in this season of the podcast, we will be learning from one another about prayer, praying body, mind, and soul. Today's special guests are Travis Kemp. Hey, hi, good to be here. And Dave Kemp. Also glad to be here. Glad to have you all. So let's get started with our favorite little game, Show Me Your Roots, where each of us answers some questions so our listeners can get to know us better. So who wants to go first? Travis? All right. All right. So uh, are you an early bird or a night owl? Oh, I'm a night owl. Completely? Okay. All right. Um, Did you play any sports as a kid? Uh, Does uh, gym class count? I think that counts. That's okay. Oh yeah, I played some uh, sports in gym class. Plus, I uh, took karate class for uh, for several years when I was a kid. And uh, for two years, I was a uh, I was uh, a member of the of St. Luke's softball team. Oh great! So, what position did you play on the softball team? Do you uh, remember? Well, I was like at first, I was like I was a designated hitter. So. And uh, what about karate? Did you have any favorite playing positions in karate, or I don't know what you'd call that, like moves? Your favorite karate move? Uh, not sure if I do, actually. Okay. Uh, so uh, as far as um, prayer moves or prayer positions, how do you usually pray? Seated, kneeling, singing, or do you have a favorite prayer position? Uh, yes, I usually uh, stay seated when I uh, pray before I eat dinner. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite prayer that you learned growing up? Well, I remember whenever, uh, before we eat dinner as a kid, I... Uh, and my sister would say, God is great, God is good, let us thank you for our food. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So. Amen. Yeah. What is something new you have tried lately? Well, I, well as you know, I've been learning how to use the uh, Mevo camera to record at church services. Oh, you have, and you've been doing a great job. Oh, we really appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. All right, Dave, you're up next. All right. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm a night owl, but I find... Uh, I've been more of an of early bird lately for some reason, but generally speaking throughout my life, I've, I've always been a night owl. Mm-hmm. That's where he gets it from, I Probably, guess? Maybe so, because his mom <laughs> is not a night owl. Yeah, she's an early so, bird, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, did you play any sports as a kid? For a little while, I played in Little League baseball, and I wasn't very good, um, so I played outfield, right field a lot. But uh, so it's really put put you when you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> and um, and that's but that's that's the only real sports that I played other than what we played in gym. So. Uh huh. What about with prayer? Um, do you have a favorite prayer position? Do you pray seated, kneeling, singing? Usually seated. I like mm-hmm. to sit in a chair. I've got kind of a devotion time in the morning, and so that's it, usually at the kitchen table or in one of the chairs in the living room. And so I, I prefer seated. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite prayer when you that you learned growing up? We always used to well pray when we went to bed. Uh, this prayer about um, if I can remember about the three little angels around my bed. We all mom always said it to us when we went to bed. We were very little, and I remember that parts of it anyway. And she'd always say that. There was another one. They kind of went with it. A short, they were short prayers. We went to bed, and so I remember. I remember those. I guess those would probably be my favorite, just because it was kind of a family thing that we did. That's really nice. It's a nice routine and mm-hmm. ritual. 
something they can carry on. Have you tried something new lately? I'm trying to think if I've tried anything <laughs> new lately. Um, well, we've been doing so many new things yeah, in this last year. Been doing a lot of. I guess I'd have to. I've been doing so much by Zoom. I've been doing a lot of different things by Zoom that I haven't ever done before, which has worked out eh, pretty well, really. So I've kind of gotten used to it, really. So that I think learning technology has been kind of a new thing, mm-hmm. a new thing for me. But um, learning to live by technology. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So that that's been definitely a, a new thing. Because yeah. do do you meet with clients or sometimes? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean everything. I mean I've done I've done court hearings and meetings and mediation things and I mean just you name it it's amazing to me sometimes three or four different types of things a day so that's been that's been interesting to kind of learn how to deal with that I've learned a lot about that that I didn't know before I I imagine it'd be difficult doing mediation when all you can see is someone's face you yeah, know it, like it, you don't get the whole body experience it takes some getting used to but 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 it's kind of but it kind of makes you think about how to relate what you're missing when you're not face to face and how do you if there a way to replace that you know uh-huh. so you have to kind of get a little better at looking at uh, at people's body language which you can see but not quite as easily as you can pick it up in the room you know so it mm-hmm. takes a little bit of effort to do that but it's kind of a uh, but it, it can be done it can be done mm-hmm. All right, well, you can ask me the questions. Uh, sure thing. Uh, now, Katie, are you an early bird or a night owl? Well, I am pretty much an early bird, but the, I'm the kind of early bird that likes to take it slow in the morning. So, like, I get up early, but I don't like to move fast. So maybe that, I, I don't know if that's an early bird or if it's um, maybe like the cat or the dog that just kind of likes to sit on the porch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you play any sports as a kid? Uh, I swam on the swim team, and I really love swimming. And uh, what was your favorite playing position? I would probably say that like breaststroke was my favorite stroke, and uh, I. But I was pretty much a cheerleader. I would <laughs> say like as far as being on the team, um, I I I preferred cheering. Um, sometimes rather than competing, um, I like to swim at my own pace, but, um, maybe that's because I was so slow, so I didn't really win. That's why I wasn't as competitive. And what's your favorite prayer position? So I would say, uh, well, I listed in our script an option of singing because I sing when I, in prayer a lot, but I also, um, like to watercolor so um sometimes when i'm just seating in prayer i'm i get kind of fidgety so i kind of like to do something yes uh, do, you, do you have a favorite prayer that you learned growing up um we listen to a lot of stories and songs on um tape so i would say that we even with songs, it was songs that we li- listened to as prayers. Like, we listened to Salty, the singing songbook. Did you guys ever listen to that? You might have. I'm not sure. And there's this one where they all go on a uh, camping trip. 
and they uh, these two little kids get lost, and they sing this song. I cast all my cares upon you. And that was the prayer that I memorized when I was little. So. Yeah, okay. And what is something new that you have tried lately? I've been cooking a lot of different dishes. Uh, we celebrated Rosh Hashanah for the first time, learning a little bit about Jewish traditions. But um, doing that made me think about other different kinds of food. So I've been experimenting in the kitchen. Cool. And Robbie could follow up with a lot of funny jokes about that. So, <laughs> uh, before we get too sidetracked, uh, we can get into our study for today. So, um, Dave, would you start us off with some prayer? Yes. Please pray with me. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Amen. 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 Next, we will read scripture using a practice called Lexio Divina. And this type of reading is prayer in itself. So we'll read through the scripture and then uh, we'll actually do that three times. And the first time we'll listen for specific words that speak to us. Uh, the second time, we'll listen for specific phrases that jump out or hold meaning for us. And the third time, we'll think of questions that we want to discuss with each other. And when we say we believe that the Bible is the living word of God, we mean that God actually speaks to our hearts as we read the words. And so we'll take turns reading this text um, from our own Bibles and then respond to each other, sharing what we hear from God. Let's see. So, Dave, would you start us off and read first from, we're reading from Romans 12 today. Yes, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible. So, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so you, that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you, we have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, though there are many of us, we are one body in Christ, and individually we belong to each other. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no strings attached. The leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. 
And now we'll share words that seem to glisten or leap out at you. Reasonable. Courage. Sacrifice. Belong. Service. Renewing. Pleasing. Different. Mature. Faith. Measured out. Transformed. Cheerfulness. And gifts, I would say gifts. Okay, Travis, will you read for us now? Oh, sure thing. Uh, this is the uh, New Revised Standard Version of uh, Romans 12, 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good for acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Now we'll share whole phrases that hold meaning or jumped out at you, startled you. I would say transformed by the renewing of your minds. Living sacrifice. Your spiritual worship. I would have to say living sacrifice as well. Different gifts that are consistent with God's grace. Consistent with God's grace. Mm -hmm. Many parts. Not all the members have the same function. We are members one of another. Appropriate priestly service. Not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Devote yourself. Be transformed. Individually, we belong to each other. The compassionate in cheerfulness. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Thank you. Now, I'll read it a third time. And listen for questions that you'd like to discuss with us or things that, uh, thoughts that come to your mind. So again, Romans 12, verses 1 through 8, and I'm also reading from the New Revised Standard Version. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, 
so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. When I chose this passage, my intention was that I feel like Paul talks about offering your whole body as part of your spiritual worship. And a lot of times when we talk about prayer, we just talk about the words or it's a very intellectual thing. But when Paul's talking about this um, transforming of your intellectual mind, it's something that happens with your whole body. So, uh, so that's one reason I chose this, but there are a lot of other things that are happening in this passage, but what do you think about that? Well, basically, I think of what, uh, what he's saying is just to, uh, just uh, don't think about yourself so much, just like a keep it open mind, think outside the box, and uh, accept others for who they are, that kind of thing. Yes, that's a great summary. Mm -hmm. Keep an open mind. So I think, I, I mean, I'm wondering what, you know, there's always this balance. I mean, what does it mean to, conform, to not conform to the world? Uh, to what extent, you know, what does that mean? I mean, does that mean you should, but he's clearly not separating from the world totally. Is it, I don't think he means that, do you? No, I don't think so. I'm not, not sure. So there's a, is he saying there's kind of a balance between uh, not being involved enough and being involved too much, or is he saying ignore all that and just say and just focus on what your gift is? And it says it says a passion. I love that. Uh, and devote yourself to, is that, is it that it, is that instead of conforming to the world, you can, you focus on what you give to the world? Is that, is that what he's saying? Uh, not, not sure, really. Um, maybe he's, uh, um, not think maybe it's kind of, now I think about it, maybe it's kind of a mixed message or something. So like maybe uh, on one hand, he's saying, uh, like I mentioned before, he's saying just to think outside the box, think of other people for a moment and, uh, just, uh, let go of yourself, but on the other hand, he's saying uh, we should be a certain way. So it's, a, it's, I guess it's kind of a double-edged sword, or maybe mm -hmm. that's, maybe he's, maybe being too blunt. I'm not sure. Um, no, that makes sense. I hear. Oh, what you're good, saying. good. I hear what you're, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. 
so. Yeah, and I think it, it yeah, it's a double-edged sword that we're, you know, we're supposed to be members of one another, to rely on each other, and, uh, and maybe even be changed by one another. That, I think that idea of having an open mind, uh, to have an open mind, you have to have this willingness to change or this ability to say, well, I might not be right. And I, I think that's really hard. <laughs> it is hard. Yes, it, he's asking, uh, basically he's asking us to change, but, but, but for some of us, change is kind of hard. Change, and, and, and for others, change it almost kind of scares us in a way. So, so I would just... Uh, yeah, because of that double-edged sword, like how do we know what is, quote, conforming to the world oh, yeah. and what is being transformed by the Holy Spirit. It's like what's right and what's wrong. So uh, mm -hmm. will it be helpful to other people or harmful? So, And that's a good, like, deciding factor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard, I agree with you. That's a hard part. So that, I don't think he's saying do anything, you know, whatever someone asks you to do, do it. They may not be asking for something that's, that's good. So you have, there has to be some discernment there, but I don't, you know, it's it's a it's interesting. It's kind of a hard, it's a hard issue. It makes me wonder if like if there's a catch in there somewhere, you know, if that if that makes sense. So like maybe he's a, maybe maybe not maybe not a catch, but a yeah, I, I, okay, yeah, a catch. So yeah, and maybe we shouldn't worry about it. Maybe it's. Um, well, there's some places where you might want to worry about it, though. That's what's so hard. But but you but you find yourself, then you start doing what he warns against, which is think of yourself more important. Like, I know better what's, you know, I know the best thing to do in this situation and nobody else does, so they need to just do what I say. And that, that's that's a trap that I fall into, I think. Yeah. Lot. Oh, yes. They, yeah, they, he's telling us to, like, be a certain way, but, like, uh, if you look, if you, uh, if I... If you look at the big picture, all that stuff is easier said than done, you know, so... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, so... And I think it, I think it's interesting. Part of that, I think, is answered, I think, by him talking about all these being... What we offer as being gifts. So they're not really... So, again, that's one reason you shouldn't think of yourself better than others, I think, is because mm -hmm. what you're given to, to give is a gift to you that you're passing on. And so oh, you're okay. not really doing it. It's it's God acting through you, so you have no way, no reason to feel uh, like you're puffed up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and the these parts about the grace that's given to us differently, you know, um, I, I just found it interesting about, like, what's given to you, like, it makes sense that like um, ministry is giving to those who are ministering and um, that teaching to those who are teachers, but it's funny that the ones that aren't the same words, like um, the giver in generosity, like the generosity is the gift from God, I guess. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so that helps you be a better giver. The leader... In diligence, um, when I'm thinking about you know what are the qualities of a good leader, diligence is a good one. I I don't think that that's what I would have put there, but uh, especially after this last year, 
some days for me, it's just been uh, to be consistent, even though like it's hard to be consistent when everything is changing all the time. Yes. But I think yes. diligence is the word I was looking for more than consistent, you know, like to, to keep going and just be faithful and keep going forward. Diligent is probably what I've learned about leadership in the last couple of years. Um, but um, the compassionate and cheerfulness, um, do, you th- do you think about that? Do compassion and cheerfulness go together for you? It almost seems like they don't <laughs> because if you're compassionate, usually you feel compassion is because someone's in a sad situation and, and you don't, uh, you know, you feel sorry for them. So the last thing you feel is joy. Well, that's so, a good point, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like, for someone to be, like, people who work in compassion, like, the joy of God, I would probably say is, might, might be the gift, you know, like, like it's hard to do compassionate work and have joy, oh, and yes. so the joy is a gift from God. I'm yeah. wondering if that's so, what he, he is means. Is what he's thinking? Because he, I mean, he is one that's in a work of compassion, so... Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds that's good. I like I like that. I think that comes and I've been reading something about this lately somewhere. I can't remember where now, but that that the compassion uh, as you grow, as compassion grows as a gift from God, you become more compassionate. So, you know, things that encourage compassion ultimately encourage encourage joy too just because you know, and part of it was kind of a letting go of stuff that wasn't that important, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've been seeing, I don't know. So I've read something like that somewhere lately. But uh, I, I see that. It's hard to hard to figure. Oh, yeah. I still get tangled up in some of this language that I don't, that I have to kind of stop and think about. You know, like different, the way, what, what Paul means when he's saying certain things, you know. And so I... I've got kind of a Western idea about what those are, and I'm not so sure yeah. that's helpful. So sometimes, and a good one, uh-huh. a good example is love, and uh, compassion may be another one. That there's an there's an understanding there that I'm not getting, and if he's telling me, but I don't hear it. <laughs> so, or something like Lexio Divino is helpful in doing that. I think you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I get I get that now. So. But, and you just you miss it. That's that's amazing. One thing that's amazing to me about the Bible is you can come back to a familiar passage, the most familiar passage you've ever read, and you read it, and you'll read some. Usually, it's with the help of some commentary, or something you'll say, "Oh, golly, I never realized that. I never read it like that before. I never realized that before." I'm like, "Man, you know, I'm not, I'm missing something." So I'm just not giving it enough attention or maybe it's just not speaking to me in that way for you know I don't know but so and then one thing this and I, this does speak to me because of what I think from the lectionary passages this past Sunday kind of made me think about community and I remember referencing this passage but I did not quote it extensively about one body and Christ and individually we belong to each other and I think um, 
you know, the point being, there's not such thing as an individual Christian. Uh-huh. That you have to think, you have to think about all this in terms of a body of Christ, which is just another way of saying There's the community of Christians, which is, you know, that's that's kind of what I was I was thinking about. I think that's a good reminder for these days, when it's so hard to uh, maintain community. I think it's there. I just think we don't recognize it. You know, that's one thing about that I've learned from Zoom is that, uh, you know, you still have a community. You can have a community. I mean, sure, we're not together personally, but uh, and it's great to be in person with people, but if you can't do that, you still have a community. There are other ways yeah. to reach out than just meeting in person. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there because, you know, prayer, you know, prayer is one thing that links people together. And so. And and even phone calls. Phone calls. You know, I've never really been good on the phone. Like, I remember one of my jobs back out of college. I was working in a music store and I, I hated answering the phones. I was so terrified of answering the phone during my shift. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's funny thinking back on that, but I I just didn't like talking on the phone. But then now, uh, talking on the phone, it it helps like get that immediate contact and reach people where they are. I'm much better at that. I used to be the same way. I used to hate talking on the phone. And uh, I find I'm better at it as I get you know, the more I do it, but it's still, you know, it's still something that something I sometimes I'm kind of reluctant to do, but less so than I, by far than I used to be, because you think, you know, it is a way of getting in contact, but so there are a lot of things like that. So there are things in here that, that Paul's talking about that, that contribute to community, but I think all of them are attainable. You just have to be creative. Yes. So, which is a gift, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and they're gifts given to share with each other. Yeah. So. So if you have an individual, so basically, if uh, if you have an individual gift, yeah, that's great. But if you share that gift with other people, then that's you know, that's even greater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think you're right. Something I've been wondering about, too, is this membership. You know, we used to enjoy getting memberships in different clubs and in the church. And nowadays, people are joining less things, you know, joining less clubs, um, wanting to attend church and uh, and not become members. But uh, I wonder what this, they're, they're, as much as we're longing for community, we still want to have our own separate space you know I wonder what where that comes from I don't know I mean maybe that's the last barrier I wonder if that's a hard barrier we have to overcome because it says I mean Paul talks elsewhere about devoting yourself totally but does that but sure I mean but, but on the other hand I don't think that means surely that doesn't mean that you just you know you don't you ignore your own needs totally yeah 
and maybe and maybe with other people like they on the one hand they want to be accepted but on the other hand they're afraid they're not not going to be accepted by communities like ours you know maybe there maybe there's kind of like a nervousness there somewhere if that makes sense yeah especially these days i think oh heavens yes that we've been rejected by so many people that then it's hard to chance rejection you know or it makes us question it makes it makes us ask ourselves okay what are we doing wrong it's like what what do we need to do to uh and to be more accepting of people what do we need to do to uh get them to come to us or or something Mm -hmm. when i think that sometimes people worry that themselves that uh sometimes it's a a challenge visiting a new group or um Mm -hmm. Trying something new, we're afraid we're not going to do it well, or people are not going to accept us. And maybe that's what Paul's trying to say in this part, where he's talking about being transformed by the renewing of your minds to be made acceptable. That, yeah, we actually are not acceptable, but we, we mm-hmm. keep trying. <laughs> yeah. We get nervous about doing something and going forward because we might not uh, match up or we might not belong or we might not be accepted. And in the end, the actual thing is going to be different than we think it is anyway, but we're going to adjust to it, you know, and be flexible, but be transformed. Allow it to allow ourselves to be transformed, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you can figure out what God's will is. I like that translation. Ah, yes. <laughs> so mine says, holy and pleasing to God and good and pleasing to mature. What is that? What other translations? What's the RSV say there instead of pleasing? It says good and acceptable and perfect. Okay. Hmm. Which all of those words mean very different things to me. But yes, I think so too. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Is maturity pe- perfection? <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> so. Um, well, of course, you're saying that acceptable is like a, it's good. It's not perfect, but good enough. So, like they're, you know, so so those those two words are as sort of the same. Oh. Acceptable, and perfect, oh, yeah. kind of, sort of have the same meaning, but they're they're very different. You know. Oh, that's good, Trav. Like oh, that. thank you. So, acceptable is like good enough, and perfect is you know don't change a thing. You know. So. I think we're all just striving to be, at this point, uh, especially in the pandemic, we're all just striving to be acceptable, you know, just, and uh, you know, maybe some of us want to be perfect, but like, a, but nobody's perfect. When we get right down to it, nobody is perfect, you know, because like we're, we, we all just want to be accepted in, in society. You know, we, we just want to be, if nothing else, we just want to be acceptable, so, in the eyes of others. I think that's good. I like that. Drop the mic. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's a good closing. Yeah, it is too. So, well done. Thank All you. right. Well, uh, thanks, Travis and Dave, for being my guests today. Thanks for coming. Uh, to our house here uh, metaphorically and thanks to all of those who are listening thanks for coming to our house and we'll see you next time at the Sycamore Tree or catch us Sundays at St. Luke Presbyterian Church in Amarillo, Texas